What's up, guys? Welcome back to Blockash Exploring the Blockchain, episode 304. Today, I have the CEO of Missouri GameFi on to talk about what they are building in relation to gaming and blockchain. Um, Inal, am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yes, yes, Brandon, you are. Okay. Hello, everyone. Cool. Inal, uh, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you. Very glad to for you to have me here. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, honestly, this is my first podcast we're doing like this because, as you know, we've been mostly focused on product building instead of marketing recently. And uh, I think this is a great first step in that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Podcasting is a fantastic medium to really get some good conversations out there and talk more in depth and authentically about uh, what you do in the space and kind of help enlighten people. Uh, that might want to potentially be a part of your community or work with you guys at some point. Um, so it's, it's a fantastic medium, in my opinion. And uh, don't worry, it's a first podcast, you know, always um, are a little tricky, I think, the first time around. But, you know, after that, they get pretty easy. It's just a matter of getting a, a rhythm, I think. I mean, I did some public speaking throughout my career, uh, and that allows me to have an easier time maybe here than others. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, aside from that, I'm sure it will go great. Well, again, thank you for having me. Yeah, um, of course. Speaking of Missouri GameFi, if I may ask, right, uh, mm -hmm. I would like us to talk about the GameFi genre in general, right, and how it's growing and how it's being affected by the current turbulence in the market, right? Uh, when it comes to GameFi, it's important to realize that gaming and uh, GameFi right now are two different things because gaming in general is used for dopamine gain it can have a story it can be story driven right they're usually double a plus triple a plus and uh, there are many different aspects to conventional gaming uh, with game fights mostly driven by for profits right so people when people play game five they usually play not because they necessarily like the gameplay but because they can make tokens which they can take take to an exchange and convert to fiat and so on and so forth and in my opinion that is a very very poor practice because that allows uh, game five to be too much dependent on what's happening in the crypto market in our case was a game five uh the FI aspect is just one of the aspects of our product because essentially we're just a really fun game, right? With an opportunity, yes, to use tokens, to make tokens and to lose tokens. Uh, and that has to do with the economic model we chose, which is different to most other economic models they choose for game files. Uh, in our case, uh, players can play not just for profit, but because they just like the game because they don't have to spend a penny to play it. Um, although, if you did not spend a penny play, playing Missouri Game Fire, you're not going to be earning as much as somebody who spent money playing it. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a good point you make about Game Fire. There's a lot going on in the space trying to merge and create this intersection between blockchain and gaming right now. <laughs> Um, and a lot of these GameFi-based projects and games have a large, I think, heavy focus on the finance aspect of it, the monetary aspect, um, uh, everything from play-to-earn models to in-world staking and NFTs that maybe they get away from you know, the actual game itself and maybe what is supposed to make it cool in the first place. Like They focus on the wrong thing. Um, so it's, it'd be interesting to kind of know a bit more about how you guys are tackling 
the financial aspect of it, which does have a place and is important. Um, it's the whole point of GameFi. But at the same time, you know, what you guys really are focusing on in terms of building out an experience for, for users and for players and uh, eventually creating a whole ecosystem. In order to get into that, I would have to uh, outlay what that game it is. Yeah. Uh, so it's an, op it's an open world MMO with real time uh, fighting, right? And the main aspect of the game is uh, PvP. And it's combat between two players. Uh, think about it as GTA without guns. So the year is 2040, right? Uh, within the game floor, right? And uh, every player is a fighter. But instead of having like a weapon wheel, you know, like in GTA where you choose your weapon, you have a big arsenal of strikes you can choose and equip your character with. Let's say I, I click my right mouse button, I do a right cross, uh, then I press shift, and now my right mouse button does a right hook. And that's how you assign buttons to mouse pads, right, and the shifts. So every player can equip up to eight different strikes and his striking arsenal and he can also change his stances which also changes the way like his uh, fighting arsenal because you equip them like you would equip weapons in a regular MMO and uh, it's not turn-based it's real-time combat so once the fight starts it's kind of like taking a Mortal Kombat or it would be most similar to Sifu I would say Amongst our developers, we have three people who used to work on big fighting games in the past. We have Misha and Nikolai, who used to work on Mortal Kombat 9 and 11. And we have Alex, who used to work on taking timing and animations. Uh, because, as I said previously, our biggest asset is our developers, uh, which allows us to pump out whatever we want. Now, speaking of the financial aspect of the game, now that I said about it, the main financial interaction between the players and the main way players make money uh, is different to most other game fights. Historically, for some reason, it's been so that uh, in game fight, uh, player earns from the project and project earns from new players coming in, which makes it into a Ponzi scheme, if you ask me. <laughs> and uh, it is unsustainable because at some point, new players stop flooding in, right? And you need to supply old players with something. Uh, if your old players who've been playing your game for a while were only playing it for money, as soon as new players stop coming in, no more money. No more money, all the players start leaving because that was the sole reason they were playing your game. In our case, uh, we are trying to, first of all, pump up the gameplay aspect because it's fun. We have a build ready and the closed alpha starts in February, so whoever owns an in-game apartment will be able to play it as well. Um and in our economic model, players don't make money from a product. Uh, players make money from other players. Uh, how do they do that? How do they make money with other players? So essentially how it works. Let's say I'm walking down the street of Missouri Gamefly, right? I entered the game. Uh, enter, in order to enter the game, it cost me set amount of tokens to get my character. I had to lock those tokens in, and I get my character. Um, I walk down the street in the open world, and I encounter you, right? And I'm like, screw it, I want to I wanna duel this guy. So I propose you a duel, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to kick your ass. I bet 20 tokens, two rounds uh, right now. You can either agree or disagree. If you agree, you have to even my bet to 20 tokens. We fight it out. You win. Uh, you take 38 tokens. Two tokens get burned. That sounds pretty simple. Right, and what surprised me the most is that not a single GameFi yet has implemented this. 
because for some reason they're all trying to overcomplicate things. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Like you have to do this mechanic, then you lock this here, then you stake this there, then you restake it somewhere else, and you refinance your NFTs. You know, like, right? And yeah, to me, it's a it's overcomplication. B it increases the retention rate of people, and the simpler it is, the better it is. And what's most important, we are a legitimate company. Like we're not an offshore. We're registered in Europe. We're a European company, and uh, we have a crypto license in Europe, and we've contacted the regulators in Europe, the European regulatory system. And they said that this model is actually absolutely legal and it falls under our current license. It's not considered gambling. And the main reason it's not considered gambling is because there is no element of random. Uh, it's not like blackjack, right? So victory purely depends on player skill because every player has a block, every player has mm -hmm. a parry, every player has a dodge, and all everyone has the same amount of stamina and the same amount of health. Yes, you can fine-tune your strikes into different variations of same strikes for example let's say i have a left jab and i use left jab constantly i'm sorry and i use left jab constantly within the game at some point i'm going to get an opportunity to upgrade it and when i say upgrade it doesn't mean it gets better it gets different right i can make it faster but it will uh, deal less damage or i can make it hit harder but it will be slower and take up more stamina you see what I mean, right? So that right. every player has a unique combination of skills and play style, which allows them to really feel into the game and progress through the game and have this sense of achievement. And now the game, as I said, is an open world, right? So it's a big city. So the way we integrate partners within the game right now, we either... Uh, get them a place on the billboard somewhere in the game because this is also unprecedented for now. Mm -hmm. Nobody has been advertising themselves within the in-game space yet for some reason, which is weird to me because even with, let's say, even GTA 5 had so many opportunities for advertisement for bigger companies and bigger corporations and nobody went in for it, which in my idea, in my understanding, is wild because that's exactly what we're doing. We recently signed with Avalast uh, so we're mm -hmm. going to be making in-game NFTs of their sportswear, right? And players will be wearing them and walking around the city and fighting wearing their NFTs and so on and so forth. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. Every single NFT we make for Missouri GameFi is a utility NFT. It's used in-game. Yeah, there's a lot of aspects there. Uh, the Everlast partnership, that's really cool, actually. That That's a big company. Um, and it's it, you're right, it is weird, I think, in most major games that they don't, have major brands sponsoring in some kind of way like you play call of duty you play halo you play um uh gta 5 but there's everything's like a knockoff version of it or a fake version or a replica version but like you don't have coca-cola in the game or you don't have nike in the game like you'd feel like they'd want that kind of exposure because of the foot traffic right so I only learned why when I started working on this. Uh, when I started working with like game developers, I realized why that is. What's the reason? Uh, they don't want to do anything with the real world. That's not the idea. Because they understand their understand of profits is from sale of game or sale of in-game merchandise. And they don't want to share that profit. And they uh, have learned that there is this one way right, to market the product and to sell the product. And they don't want to go outside that box for the simple reason is that if it works, don't break it, which I perfectly understand. 
but in case of us when it's first of all crypto winter uh, second of all investors are scared to invest stuff into anything right now and i'm so very thankful that we decided to go with a fundamental aspect first because that allowed us to still be able to get money from people uh, from funds from VCs and so on uh, because they see that we're actually building something i realized that uh, they never thought about it because they never had the reason to so the reason we right. thought about wow might as well incorporate everlast here let's incorporate whey protein here let's make mm -hmm. players uh, feed their characters so they keep them in good shape or whatever this is not in the game, by the way. I'm just talking out of my ass right now. But I'm just giving an example. Mm -hmm. uh, so that allows us for integration of many different potential partners. Because as I said, uh, right now we are in most... Uh, right now we are doing the following two things, right? Raising capital and bringing on more people on board. Because we already have a team. Uh, having the team, not having... Too much capital or too many people on board that allows us when we go to other projects and to other companies for example our conversation with everlast was the following i was like yo guys um we can build anything for you right uh, we can integrate you in the game we this is a product this is what it's going to look like they liked how the build looks they played the build a little and they said wow this is amazing but we've never done this before so uh, this is your opportunity to do it, and you won't need to do much for it. Uh, let's do this. We're going to put you in this, this, this arena, right, on this billboard right here. So we send them the screenshots of the insights of in-game locations. Uh, we're going to give you 70% uh, of profits from of gross sale of NFTs with your brand on it, which will be the gloves, the shorts, the athletic wear, hoodies, and so on and so forth, which we're making right now. Uh, in, but in return, you give us X amount of money, fiat or USDT, doesn't matter, under a contract, right? And uh, you are going to get set amount of, of Missouri token vested to you for a set period of time. And if our contract is dissolved prior to set period of time, you don't get the tokens. And they agreed. <laughs> so that nice. Now, that's really cool. Um, that's a good partnership to have. Tell me a bit more about the NFTs. All right, so those are going to be heavily utility based within the game. Um, I'm sure Everlast, you know, partnering with you guys is also going to be incorporated into the NFTs as well. Are these going to be used as like wearable items for your character or perks or power-ups or um, what, what, what will they be used for primarily? Primarily, they are cosmetic or they help uh, life improvements, essentially. So mm -hmm. the NFTs we have in-game are in-game real estate, we call it cyber estate, which is needed in order to rest your character because uh the biggest issue that most games especially mmos deal with is bots uh the best way to deal with bots is to limit the amount of time player can play the game which sounds counterintuitive but uh we can uh work around it by implementing and game is apartments and the more luxury your apartment the closer it is to downtown the faster your character recovers which on one hand, allows us to reduce the amount of bots that are siphoning uh, liquidity and uh, out of other players, because again, nobody is getting paid from us. Everyone is getting paid from everybody else. 
which allows us to stay afloat and just be essentially the regulator of everything, right? While people are dealing with the funds however they want to deal with the funds. All we do is burn a set amount of funds constantly to keep up the, uh, to promote token growth. <coughs> I'm sorry. That anyway, um, speaking of uh, NFTs, uh, our NFTs are all utility-based, but none of them actually improve your chances of winning. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, we have uh, our brand ambassadors who are actual, like, UFC fighters, boxing, barnacle fighters, and so on, who are already winning the game. And we made NFTs of them. And if you buy an NFT of them, you get yourself that their avatar, essentially, right within the game. When you are on a ranked tournament uh, in a boxing ring, he's going to be in your uh, corner. He's going to be rooting for you. He's going to teach you one super attack. And he is, uh, what it's called? Uh, and you get an exclusive vehicle skin for owning that specific uh, fighter. And we're doing the same thing with all fighters of the same ranking. Now, uh, the idea behind the attacks is that, as I said previously, every single strike is an NFT of its own. But all players, all new players will get a basic strike, like basic strikes, basic eight, I think. Yes, basic eight strikes every single player is going to get. But um, they're also free to purchase additional ones or to win additional ones because we're also going to be giving them away for fulfilling quests within the game and so on and so forth let's say initially you have a classic like mma fighter strike an arsenal but you want to fight like a karate kid with karate chops and shit mm -hmm. so you might as well buy that because if that suits you sure because it's just flavor the biggest thing here is balancing because we are making it that we're making it so that no matter what striking combo you have, anyone can defeat anyone as long as they have higher skill of gameplay, battle reaction time. That's the main idea. Yeah, I like the focus on the skill set. It makes it so everyone, you know, can get better at it and they can find a way uh, to gain a competitive advantage, to to beat the competition and really stand out. Um, have you guys thought about maybe taking this to like competitive gameplay at something, maybe doing a tournament, uh, doing something Absolutely, a bit more high yeah. profile? Absolutely, yes. So we have a few people. We have a team of 76 people, right? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> we have people who have done all types of things in gaming. And uh, a few guys, uh, like Max, he's our chief uh, strategist, chief strategic, uh, what it's called in English, I forget. My first language is not English, so sometimes I forget. Anyway, Max is the chief of strate strategies. Uh, he used to work at Wargaming for eight years. Wargaming is a company that made World of Tanks. And they have big, they had, and still have, I think, big, big uh, esports mm -hmm. uh, events. And so he's essentially the one that, A, takes care of the balancing system. Uh, he's the one that brought aboard a lot of developers, a lot of talents we have because of Max knows them personally from Wargaming, and he brought them over. And uh, that allows us to focus on the balance aspect of the game, which is crucial to having a successful esport because you can't build a product and into an esport right away. A product becomes an esport if it uh, has certain qualities of an esport. For example, StarCraft, right? It's uh, easy to learn, hard to master. That's, I think, it's a Blizzard memo. 
Counter-Strike, same thing. Easy to learn, hard to master. Uh, what else we got? Uh, Rainbow Six, easy to learn, hard to master. So that's like the main theme here. And it has to be, there has to be an opportunity for a victory for every single player who's good enough. No matter what strike and arsenal he has, how many NFTs he's bought, he can be brand new, just straight out of the gate, or he can be playing the game for, I don't know, for 1,000 hours. If the one that's playing for 1,000 hours is not playing well, and the noob who came in has good reaction time and full understanding of his strike and arsenal, which is basic still, uh, the noob is going to win. Yeah, that's really interesting. Are you so? Are you guys actually going to do some kind of like a tournament at some point, or is that something that's Absolutely. just kind of in the works? Or that is in the works because right now, as I said previously, we are mm -hmm. pumping out the closed alpha in February. We're gonna let mm -hmm. in the initial closed alpha testers to test out the game, see how they like it. If they don't like something, they we're gonna change it up for the better test. Within the beta test, we plan on implementing their character customization so they can already use their attire NFTs to dress up their characters differently. And that allows us to then focus more on already city building. So the plan is the following, right? Uh, fighting mechanic, which is com mm -hmm. like combat mechanic, which is like the main thing, the main aspect of the game. Then character customization, then city building. Got and it. then later, later on down the road, we're implementing racing, but that's not talk about later great <laughs> racing oh that'll be fun yes the problem with racing is is very much uh it's hard to do it not pay to win mm -hmm. because cars are nfts you know and some cars are better than other cars the only way we thought about maybe implementing it is putting them in different classes so like a sports car will not be racing against an suv you know they will be racing in different uh brackets uh, and when it comes to um, roads to like the trails or whatever they called in English, uh, it depends on uh, what car you have, how well it's going to perform on that specific trail. So if I have a BMW X5 series, I'm going to perform better on a curvy road than, uh, I don't know, than, uh, than a Honda Civic. <laughs> you know right, I mean? right. Do you guys have a... Um... <laughs> an opt-in or referral program for beta access for people that might want to get in a bit early after alpha? Yes, actually we do. Uh, we call it uh, quest. So we're using quest three for this program. Essentially what you have to do, you have to so follow our social media and uh, you have to get two more people to do the same. So once you do that, you get 10 tokens for free unlocked to you fully unlocked straight to your wallet and you get the beta access key which allows you to join the beta test uh, as soon as the beta comes out which is estimated to be somewhere in the middle of spring okay got it so alpha is rolling out okay I'm trying to get an idea of the timeline here so alpha is rolling out uh this month next month february february okay and then sure. later in the spring beta and then do you guys have a tentative date to fully launch or is it just really dependent on how this you know starts out it depends on how well the players take the alpha and then how well mm -hmm. the newer players take the beta because uh we are doing something different to other games and i'm not sure if it's good or bad it's just different mm -hmm. uh what we're doing is uh we're building the game with the community not just for the community you know you see what i'm trying to say right yeah. because like 
in this case, these are the people that are kind of paying for this whole thing. So it's might we might as well make it so that they like it and make it the way they want it to be. So we, I would say, have this um, sense of an already existing and regulating DAO within the game, even though there is no DAO structure right now. Uh, so let's say whenever we come up with a new model or a new concept within the game of a new NFT, we first we send the concept to the, our community chat. We do a poll, the poll votes. We choose whatever the poll chose the most, right? And uh, we do that. And so on and so forth and so on and so forth. And uh, we hold streams for the community members every Friday. And uh, during those streams, that's essentially an AMA session. Uh, where people ask me questions, I respond them, and then I ask them questions, and they respond. Mm -hmm. So it's very, very transparent, I would say, because uh, ever since day one, we were talking to the community actively, because we could afford to do so because there wasn't too many of them. I don't know how it's going to go uh, when it's a lot of them, but I'm going to try my best to still have a conversation going. Absolutely. Where, where's the community at? Is it on Discord, uh, Telegram, or do you have another Mostly medium? Telegram. Okay. Mostly Telegram. Uh, most of our communities on Telegram. Discord kind of died out, honestly, in the past, mm -hmm. uh, especially during the crypto winter, because all the crypto gurus who were like uh, rocking and like moving a little big amounts of people from point A to point B. They disappeared, and then once Bitcoin broke nineteen thousand, they all came back back in the game. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So to to me, it's very funny, honestly. I mean, I respect the grind. I respect the grind. How do you think this past year has affected not just you know blockchain, crypto, and Web three, but specifically the game, gaming, and GameFi industry and where do you think this is going to go into twenty twenty three as you guys are um, one of the players leading the market here. Um, you guys are launching for the first time this year um, and also applying, I think, you know, the FI aspect, the finance aspect in such a different way. It'll be interesting to see um, how that relates with people in the community and how that kind of builds up for you guys. Um, so you can kind of summarize that. That's kind of long-winded question, but um, how do you think 2022 affected game fight and how do you think it's going to go in 2023 that's a very good question honestly and i have thought about it for a long time uh, ever since the new year so in essence uh, i already have an answer prepared that's why I, i'm really happy you asked it uh, cool. In essence, the way that last year affected game specifically is that first of all many projects died and most of the projects are projects that could not support their talents. And supporting talents means you have to be willing to give up something, some part of yourself, part of your equity, part of your tokens, part of your allocation, whatever it is, part of your time and emotions and heart, because these are people that are give, trying to give value to others, right? And in order for them to produce cumulative value together, you have to offer them something in return as well. And uh, what last year showed is that too many uh, founders and CEOs are not willing to sacrifice what's necessary to sacrifice in order to get the products out. And uh, that's one. Second, it's used to, this market used to be too much profit for profit oriented, which allowed for problems to arise, such as what happened to Axie Infinity, for example. 
which showed to be unsustainable. So every single GameFi model that has been intact last year and has died last year was a model where project makes money from newer players and all the players make money from newer players. So the question is where the hell are the newer players are supposed to make money? So why even play that game? You know what I mean? Right, right. So, so, uh, and the third aspect, also very important, they forgot about the fun aspect of gaming. So for them, uh, many people started treating it like a casino, which it's not supposed to be. Uh, In our case, we're doing skilled competitive matchmaking. And uh, skill-based matchmaking allows for a more fair and balanced uh, playing field. So you're not going to be playing against the person who has been playing for 10,000 hours. You're going to be playing against the person who has played for as long as you did so that both of you have equal chances of winning. But if you've been learning your strike and arsenal and timing and so on and so forth, you're probably going to win because you know how to play. Um, So when it comes to GameFi, I think it needs more game. It has, enough, it has enough fire in it already, but it needs more game, and that's kind of what we're doing here. And uh, another thing is it needs more fresh blood, which is exactly what all we're also doing here. It needs to bring people outside the ecosystem into this ecosystem instead of trying to recycle people who used to play this game fight to now play your game mm-hmm. fight. Because then these people became become more and more expensive to manage, you know, when to bring right. on board and to handle. And that's just not worth it why make it fun make it good the biggest challenge that is in front of uh game fi industry in the next year uh is first of all the regulators gladly we got our crypto license first thing as we started our company but most of these game fi projects they don't have any regulation whatsoever they are registered somewhere in emirates and uh, east asia and they never had a second thought about that uh, I wanted to do that myself initially, but my co-founder, Dmitry, did not let me. He said, no, dude, we're not doing this. We're going full regulated, full uh, centralized, doesn't matter. Because if people are making money from paying, playing fucking games, might as well pay taxes. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Yeah, like mm-hmm. it's not like you're building a concrete structure somewhere in the middle of the desert. No, you're playing a game, dude. Like, yeah. pay your damn taxes. Anyway, so in our case, uh, we figured that the biggest threat to GameFi right now uh, is regular gaming going into GameFi. Because uh, that's why I'm very happy that we are already in this niche. Because, take my word for it, year in, companies like Activision Blizzard, Ubisoft, Microsoft primarily, Pants and Games already is building a GameFi. Uh, they're going to go in there and they're going to devour every single uh, project out there that has not yet stabilized. So for us, we have at least 12 months, right, to build out our own loving and loyal community, which in my opinion is more than enough, right? And to have a product ready at a level where it's playable continuously and continuously brings people pleasure and money and joy and rewards that time and value they give to us with additional time and value. Yeah, you mentioned something interesting about the target player that you want to go after and you hope the rest of GameFi goes after. And this will kind of be the final question before we wrap up. And it's what does that target player look like? Because a lot of the time in GameFi, they focus on the FI aspect and thus they focus on 
crypto enthusiasts and crypto investors um, and not actual gamers. And the gaming industry is massive and it's almost psychotic that they don't focus on trying to break into the gaming industry more, right? Um, so is, is that like a market you guys really want to tap into for the first time in this space and, you know, kind of prove that this works and uh, start to get their attention and maybe make that quite a bit of uh, a base in your community? Um, or is there another ideal uh, player out there that you guys want to try the game or is it for everybody? Who, who are you focusing in on? Missouri GameFi, I would say, is for boys and girls at the age of 16 plus, preferably 18 plus. But I know for a fact that 16-year-olds are still going to play it because they do. Uh, the thing is, we're going to implement KYC if you want to play for tokens. Uh, and if you're not 18 yet, you're not going to play for tokens. I'm sorry, I cannot afford that. Um, but uh, as I said, for boys and girls, 18 to maybe 35 absolutely uh mma enthusiasts fighting enthusiasts uh gta players uh and people that are looking to socialize because we have two main aspects of the game is the ranked system which is essentially just straight up pvp and the gang system which is when players socialize in big groups and they go fight five on five on five ten on ten free for all for territory and that's a whole other aspect of the game which we're developing right now. But the most important one is, again, the 1v1 PvP. We want to get that straight. You know, once that works, we're going to move on. So, yeah, speaking of the player base we're trying to acquire, it's the regular gamers who we want to teach the fire aspect instead of going after five players and trying to teach them to game because that's a lot harder to do. Yeah. And instead of competing for the crypto enthusiasts, we are straight up just going for regular gamers because we're building a game for them. We're not building it for crypto enthusiasts, unfortunately, because I understand, I understood immediately that it's not even worth fighting for them right now, because if they see it's profitable, they're going to play it. If they don't think it's profitable enough, they aren't going to play it. So what is the point? So I would rather look for go after people who will think that this is fun as well as might, might be profitable. And our economic model, again, is made in such a way that it's far more profitable than most other game files, because we do not take any money for ourselves. We just burn it. So the commission that is taken off of the price pool in the tournament or off of the price pool when you and I are dueling, it's not, it doesn't go into treasury, it doesn't go into my pocket, it doesn't go into anyway. It gets burned. So you get the full reward of the money that you bet on yourself. Nice, man. I'm, I'm glad you think that way too. Um, I think what you guys are doing is very exciting and will pan out to be you know, very successful. So you know, best of luck to you guys. Um, and, where, and where can people go to learn more about Missouri GameFi if they want to get involved, if they want to join the community, if they want to get into the beta program? Uh, what's the best place to go? The best place to go, I would say, is our Telegram channel. Uh, let me read it out to you real quick. And I believe you can put down the link in there. Uh, yeah. Give me a second. Um, here. Missouri GameFi, that's what it's that's exactly what it's called in telegram you just search it up was there a game fight english and uh there we have most information there you can also go to our website missouri.io and uh in telegram feel free to ask me anything i always reply and i have an assistant replying always to questions you know from people and about the project so please join in thank awesome. you very we'll much be sure that we'll be sure to put everything in the description below so they can find the telegram they can find the website um get some links to kind of direct them 
And uh, man, thanks for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. It's been very uh, fun, very fascinating, and uh, really cool the approach you guys are taking in GameFi. Uh, hopefully, it'll set a new trend maybe of how to approach this stuff in the future if it goes uh, the way you know you hope it will. So um, high expectations, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much, Brendan. And thank you again for having me. Uh, have a great week. You too. Talk soon, man. Take care.